right. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you, Nancy. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever eaten anything that was sweet to the taste and yet it became bitter once it got in your stomach? I remember uh, we used to have some plum trees, Deanna. You probably remember that in Perry. I used to love those big, red, juicy plums. They'd fall to the ground, and I'd pick them up, and boy, they'd melt in your mouth. And I, boy, it's so sweet, those big old red, juicy plums. But every once in a while, I'd look over the tree, and I'd see some that were red on the outside, and I'd think they were fully ripe. I'd pick them, and I'd bite into them, and the outside was sweet. But the inside was green, and once it got in my stomach, it turned a little sour, a little bitter. Well, today we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that has the same implication. You know, the Bible is sweet. We love parts of the Bible that are sweet, like the love of God, and the grace of God, and the peace of God, and the joy of the Lord, and the forgiveness of the Lord. Those are sweet, sweet passages indeed. But yet there are some bitter passages in the Bible. For example, the judgment of God. That's a little bitter when we find out Jesus should be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God or obey not the gospel. Yes, there's some bitter places in the Bible that we don't really prefer to read maybe or take in, but nonetheless they're in the Bible. For example, what about the chastisement of the Lord? Whom the Lord loves, he chastens. That's fairly bitter. Nobody likes to get disciplined. But the Lord tells us in Hebrews 12, 5, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. What about injustice? What about what's going on right now in our world? Uh, what does the Lord require of thee but to love mercy, to do justly, and to walk humbly with thy God? That's Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. So what I'm saying is there's some sweet passage of scripture and yet there's some not so sweet as we take all the word of God together and you know speaking of sweet and not so sweet uh, I heard uh, Deanna had passed me along a saying that said the Amish community this is on the lighter side speaking of sweet the Amish community somebody asked him said well why this COVID-19 spreading all throughout the Amish community like it's going everywhere else. You know what they said? They said, we don't have TVs. I don't know, I'm just saying, all right? I don't know about all that, but I know this. The Lord has us looking at a passage today, and the title is The Power of the Word of God. The Power of the Word of God. But before we get to our text, and we're going to continue our study in the book of Revelation, I talked with one of our dear ladies, Sister Connie Powell. Speaking of bitter and sweet, she called me back about a week ago. And here's what she said. She said, Brother Randy, please pray for my son. He was in Iraq, David, over on Herd Creek. She said he's, apparently he's broken his back, and apparently he has a broken sternum on top of that. She said, please pray for him. They've taken him down to Macon Hospital. And she said, I really just don't know the complete situation. He was just at the house, and he left, and he was in this uh, car, ran off the road. I don't know what all happened. But anyway, and she was very upset, needless to say. You know, you can put yourself in her place, even though her son is 50 years old. And I said to her, I said, Sister Connie, have you put David in the hands of the Lord? 
She said, I know I need to do that right now. And I said, well, let's pray together. And so we joined together, and I said, well, do you have liberty to pray? She said, yes. Imagine if it was your family member. You would be upset too, right? Yeah. Oh, anybody would be. And I said, let's pray and put David in the hands of the Lord. And I said, why don't you begin us in prayer, and then I'll close us in prayer if you'd like to pray. Boy, she prayed one of the most beautiful prayers. My soul. I wish you could have been there. And she just said, Lord, I take David right now, my son, and put him in your hands. Things I can't control. And the situation, I'm detached from it. I can't be there with him right now. How many know right now is a very trying time? We're facing difficult days these days. But listen to this, the sweetness of the presence of God as she prayed and put her son David in the hands of the Lord. I could sense the presence of God and the peace of God just uh, invaded that conversation. And finally, when she finished praying and I finished praying, uh, she said, Brother Randy, I've got a piece about it now. I'm still concerned, but thank God, it's the sweetness of the presence of God. But I've said all that to say this. I got a call just Friday from Mr. James, her husband. He said, Brother Randy, please pray for our son. I said, I'll be glad to. What's the situation? He said, well, they just put him on a ventilator as of last night. And according to him, they evidently had given him some medicine, and he was allergic to the medicine, and so had some complications, and then consequently was put on this life support, this ventilator. Well, I said, Mr. James, we prayed uh, just last week for David. Will you put him in the hands of the Lord? And he said, yes, I need to do that. And so that doesn't minimize the situation, but it does help the sweetness of God. So we prayed together just Friday. So lift him up, would you, today, as we talk for a while on the subject of the power of the Word of God. Now, let me ask you a question by the way of introduction because the passage is going to be uh, a passage that uh, I think that you're going to and I'm going to uh, derive some practical benefits. Question, how many of you could use, seriously now, how many could use a little help with some of your relationships with your spouse, with your husband, with your wife, with your children? I believe all of us could probably use a little help in our relationships. Let me just put it this way. According to statistics, do you know, I'm just telling you what I read uh, here recently, according to statistics, that uh, relationships are very strained at a time like this. In fact, this particular article that's very credible stated, watch this, marriages are up 34% in divorce rate over the COVID-19. Up 34% compared to 2019. What does that tell you? It tells you relationships are very strained. There's a lot of stress on families. There's a lot of uh, pressure. And, and it seems like today, uh, due to finances and due to deaths, Brother Jim sitting here today, he can relate. He's been through a major hard time in his life. And uh, so I believe that with schools starting back and jobs and, uh, again, uh, the uh, pressure on families and marriages and parents and children. And that's why the Lord put the message in my heart today. Turn, please, in your Bibles, and we're going to see three reasons, primarily two. We won't have time to deal with the third one. Three reasons uh, why you and I need the Word of God, the intake and the output. 
the intake. Revelation chapter 10. Turn there, please. Revelation 10. We're studying in our text tonight, or this morning, rather, in the book of Revelation chapter 10. We've been going through the book of Revelation, and we've come to chapter 10 of the book of Revelation. We are going back now, a couple of chapters we have not dealt with, and this will be the 16th, 17th message, I believe, maybe thereabouts in regards to this book called the book of Revelation. Many of you that are here today, I don't need to go into the detail as to the content of Revelation other than saying John is exiled on this island, 95 AD, and we're understanding it's in regards to Jesus Christ who was and is and is to come, past, present, future. We come to chapter 10. I want to begin reading in verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel, another mighty angel. The word another is Alon, another mighty angel come down from heaven. And uh, if you'd like to stand, you can. I know some of you looking around like, man, I want to stand up. Praise the Lord. I do too. I just got a little feedback that some have a hard time standing, and I know times I, I go into more detail. And one Sunday, bless the Lord, you stood up for about 20 minutes. <laughs> And I just kept on uh, preaching. But anyway, I'll try not to have you stand that long. But let me back up to verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel. Some believe that was Jesus. Uh, others don't. I do not take that uh, interpretation. I believe this is an angel. Angelos is the word for angel. I hope you do believe in angels. Come somebody say amen. But, but, but worship Jesus. Don't worship angels. It's a wonderful study of angels in the Bible and and uh, the different types of throne room angels, cherubim, seraphim, and archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and also elect angels and evil angels at the very dispatch of God to use angels for his own purpose and plan. I encourage you to do a study on angel. The word angel is used over 300 times in reference in the Bible. But keep reading. I saw another angel, a mighty angel, come down from heaven, clove of the cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head. And his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book. Note that, a little book. The word little book there is the word biblion. And even though this is probably a reference to the scroll, that scroll that God the Father gives God the Son in Revelation chapter 5, still I want to use that little scroll biblion as the text of the Bible, and you'll understand more what I'm talking about in a moment. But keep reading, verse 2. He had a little hand, he had a, rather in his hand, a little book open, and he set his right foot, look at this, his right foot upon the sea, his left foot upon the earth. He cried with a loud voice, this angel, as when a lion roareth. And when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven. Get the picture. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things and that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, and that there should be time no more. Kronos is the word time or delay but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound the mystery of god should be finished as he declared to his servants the prophets and the voice which i heard from heaven speaking to me again and said go take the little book this little scroll the biblion which
which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. Then notice verse 9. And I went, said John, unto the angel, and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up. and It shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. He said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and kings and kings. This is the word of God. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for your wonderful word. Lord, we know that it's so sweet, sweet to taste and to digest. Lord, knowing that you're with us times like this, even this very day, there are some here today like Brother Jim who's hurting and yet he's rejoicing over Sister Betty's in heaven. I pray the God of all comfort, your mighty, holy comfort would just envelop him as well as others, our Lord, that are here, that are needing physical healing and spiritual healing and emotional healing. And then, Lord, we pray for those that are discouraged. Oh, God, I'm convinced there are a number of people today that are down because of things that are going on in our world. We pray, oh, Father, your anointing and your mighty presence would envelop this place and that you'd lift our hands as they droop and you'd lift our eyes to the hills to know that help comes from you and that you're able to pull us through in these days. We thank you. You're the God of all hope. You're the God of all help. You're the God of all healing. And we commit this time to you and, and pray, dear God, that lies would be changed. Your word would fall on good ground. We lift up our relationships, Father, to you. I pray for marriages. I pray for daddies and mamas, grandparents and grandchildren, friends and friendships. Lord, you'd strengthen those that you would impart to us wisdom and revelation this very day and that God would hear your voice and would sense your presence because of your word and then you'd empower us to take in today and then give out. Give out to a hurting world. Give out to a world, dear Lord, that's looking for answers. And, Father, the world has nothing to offer. But, Jesus, you are the answer for the world. You're the answer for every one of our problems. And your word gives us instruction. I pray you'll illumine our eyes and quicken our hearts and fill this empty vessel. Cleanse me from head to foot. And the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, my strength, my Redeemer, we yield afresh to you. Cleanse us all, Father. Give us ears to hear, hearts to obey. And we'll thank you for all you do, because you're worthy in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going today in the message. It's very simple. Listen, beloved. And uh, I want to primarily focus, I believe, the practicality of the relationships, how to build stronger relationships. Let me ask you a question again. I asked it earlier. How many of you think right now and say, you know what? I could use a little help in some of my relationships. I could use a little help in some of my relationships. It may not be, you know, I'm not talking about perfection here. I'm just talking about how can we build stronger relationships? I'm convinced the Word of God is the key and the power of the Holy Spirit. But as we progress, I would not do justice if I don't take the Scriptures and 
exegete or explain some of it, and then we'll move right into the element of the relationships. Number one, we're going to see very clearly here that the intake of the Word of God, what I mean by intake, I'm talking about taking it in, and then the output of the Word of God is, is absolutely necessary for, number one, devotional time, number two, relational time, and number three, prophetical time. Number one, for our devotional time. I find that in Revelation 10, verse 4. Secondly, our relational time, Revelation chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. And finally, prophetical time. First of all, consider with me the intake of the Bible. The intake, what I mean by that is reading it and obeying it. You know, I'm afraid to say, I got to thinking about it today. See if you're fit in this category. I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we want to analyze and say, Lord, is this what I'm doing in my life? So rather than make the Bible fit our situation, can I suggest to you that we ought to read the Bible and follow the Word of God and our life line up under the Bible, not the Bible try to make it fit in our situation. I know that sounds contradictory, and it's not. But I think we read the Bible and we try to say, well, am I doing this, am I not? And that's all right, but I suggest that as we come to the Bible... We make the necessary changes in our life that need to be made, and I think God, no doubt, will honor that. But look, here's the deal. I'm not just talking about reading the Bible for information. I'm talking about reading the Bible for application. And I'm talking about once we, and this is what the Lord showed me, is as I take in the Bible every day, then I'm to flesh it out by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to live a life of legalism. As I read the Bible, I'm saying, well, let's see, uh, I can do this and out a list. No, rather, I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. For example, being a husband, you can't live what, love your wife. I can't love my wife as Christ loved the church without the power of the Holy Spirit. Bottom line, wives, you can't respect your husband outside the power of the Holy Spirit. Parents, uh, provoke not your children to wrath. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There's no way that we can feel, fulfill these principles in Scripture outside the power of the Holy Spirit. God gave us His Word, but what we need is resurrection power, the Holy Ghost power. I know Garrett and uh, Lindsay, a relationship, and many of us have relationships. Everybody has relationships. And like I said a minute ago, relationships are strained these days. How can we build stronger relationships? First of all, take this devotional time, the input and the output. How many believe what Brother Jim said a moment ago? Brother Randy, I, he's told me this, Brother Jim, uh, testify, my brother, if I'm saying this incorrect. Jim said to me, Brother Randy, I don't see how people can make it through life without a relationship with God. I don't see how they can make it during hard times. When you're facing your wife, as Brother Jim was, slowly fading away, but I've got news for you, as he told me. He said, in spite of uh, the hard times. You see, that's where the Bible comes in, during hard times. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Devotional time. This is why I want to recommend the Bible every day. I said, I want to recommend the Bible every day. You need it. I need it. It's sweet. And if I don't have the Bible, the intake, the intake, the intake, I read the Bible, it reads me. 
but I've got to have the intake in order to be able to function with the output. I take in the Word, and then the power of the Holy Spirit is the output. But if I'm not taking in, then I'm not going to be able to put out. It's kind of like gasoline in a car. The gasoline runs the car. Without the gasoline, the car won't run. If I'm not taking in the Word of God, now this doesn't just mean uh, to one point. This means everything. How many believe that God's Word covers everything we need this side of heaven? Every decision you need to make, every relationship we have, uh, things in the future, things pertaining to our jobs, to finances, you name it, God's Word will and somehow addresses it that He will guide us if we'll take in the Word of God. I'm afraid to say, though, I think we're so attached to the culture that we let the culture influence us. And we just kind of do what we, you know, are used to doing, and then we just kind of want God to go along with it sometimes instead of searching out the Scripture daily and letting the Word of God lead us and guide us. No wonder the psalmist said, the Word of God is a lamp in our feet, a light in our path. That's Psalm 119, verse 105. It's quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Quick means uh, alive, Zoe is the Word. Yes, the Word of God. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians 3, 16, Paul wrote, Let the Word of God dwell. The word dwell is the word orkos. Be at home. I'm telling you, and you know it, and I know it, it's so easy just to live on the minimum of the Word of God. Now, I'm not being negative here, so y'all please hear me out. I know everybody's busy. How many, how many of y'all busy? Everybody's busy, right? Everybody's busy. Yeah, you were busy. But look, here's the deal. We do what we want to do. That's the truth. We set our priorities how we set our priorities. I'm not being negative here. I'm just saying today, maybe the Lord is telling us we need to rearrange our priorities. If we're too busy to spend time with the Word of God, we're too busy. Why? Because I need it. You need it. If we're going to function in this life, if we're going to have resurrection power available to us, we must, we must, we must take in the Word of God. Here's the deal. Application. If you ate one bite of one... Uh, let's say a piece of chicken, one bite all day long, that's all you ate. Or you had a sandwich, you ate one bite of it, that's all you ate every day, just one little bite. Pretty soon, if that's all you ate is one bite of food every day, you'd probably get weak after about six months or a year. You've got to have more than one bite. And, and here's what I'm saying. I'm not being negative. I'm just saying a lot of us just take one bite of Scripture, and that's all we want one day. Just, and I'm not against devotional. You need your devotional time. But so many devotionals, listen to me, and I'm not being negative, I'm just challenging you because I know the blessings of God in the Word. So many devotion, devotion books and so forth, they spend the whole time talking about a human interest story, very little Scripture, very little of the Bible, maybe, maybe a half a verse or maybe not even a verse at all. And so I'm convinced if Jesus said man shall not live on bread alone, but out of every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God then you need it and I need it. I'm just saying this to encourage you. I believe God put this message on my heart to encourage you, encourage you, encourage you, encourage you, because I know the Lord will build you up in the Word. That's what Paul said in Acts chapter 20. The Word of God. Remember what, remember what he said in Ephesians 6? He said the only offensive weapon is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. You know, the whole armor of God. The only offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit. 
Therefore, I submit to you, the Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? That was quoted, by the way, in Pilgrim's Progress. Did any of y'all read Pilgrim's Progress? You know, John Bunyan's great classical book. And yeah, you read it, didn't you, Brother Josh? And in there, do you remember when Christian was faced with Beelzebub, the prince of devils? And he was throwing his darts, saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And remember Christian? He, 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 in Pilgrim's Progress, he, for a moment, thought of Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Right then, the prince of above left him. There's power in the word. I'm convinced we're under attack. I'm convinced the enemies come to kill, steal, and destroy. And if Jesus used the word, you and I need the word. But our devotional time, our intake, and our output. Let me use Brother Jim again, Brother Jim, if you don't mind. He said, we're going to all face hard times. Joe put it this way. Man born of a woman, just a few days, is full of troubles. I talked with a lady this week. Uh, and uh, one of our dear ladies, uh, she can't get out. She don't get out. She's in her 80s. She said this to me. See if you said this or thought this. She said, Brother Randy, if it's not one thing, it's another. You ever said that? You ever thought that? Man, I tell you, life has its way of, of uh, disappointment, setbacks, and things we face all the time. That's why I'm praying for you. That's why I love you. So I got up early this morning. Uh, before 6 o'clock, and the Lord had me to pray for you, intercede for each one of you by name. And I need your prayers too. Why? Because we need to pray for each other. We need to pray for each other so much more because the enemy is attacking us. But input and output, Brother Jim uh, alluded to the fact of hard times. No, your spouse may not be diagnosed with cancer. Brother Jim, if I'm not mistaken, it was... Uh, uh, cancer of the pancreas, wasn't it, or the liver? Ovarian, okay, I could not recall. At any rate, it was not good, and yet that was a year, over a year ago, right? Over a year ago. It was, it was in the spring a year ago, and listen, here's what Brother Jim said. He said, Brother Randy, God has so blessed us to be able, during this time, though it was a bad thing, things happen, things happen. But if we're taken in the Word, God has a way of even bringing good out of bad situations. And Brother Jim can attest today he's here. You check him out. Look around and see if he's not agreeing with what I'm fixing to say. He said, Brother Randy, me and Betty used this time together. Even though we were going to the oncologist chemotherapy, God put in our heart to make it a ministry when we'd go to the place where she'd get the chemotherapy. Am I right, Brother Jim? And he said... Now, that's taking what the devil means for evil and using it for good, right? Would you do that? I mean, they began to reach out to people there at that uh, on a college place and begin to pray for them and build relationships with them. That's what the Lord is saying, intake, output. Now, they could have responded this way. They could have said, God, is not fair and it's not right and I'm angry and I'm mad. I'm not saying they didn't have a range of emotions like most people do. But praise God, it's God's Word that brings us back to the will of God, the Word of God, the will of God. And, and if we're not taking it in, then we're not going to be able to give it out. I'll never forget 
Brother Jim, uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago today, Sunday afternoon, going and visit with them in their home. And I walked back to the back bedroom, and Sister Betty was uh, already by that time was uh, on hospice, if I'm not mistaken, at least around that time. Therefore, she was confined to the bedside. And if you've been in that situation, you know. But she said, look, I don't want any, I don't need whining. I, I want a time of celebration, even if y'all are going to come around my bedside. I walked to her bedside, and she's laying in the bed, and she's looking up. She's not in a coma state. She's kind of coming and going. She's tired. She's been fighting this thing for months and months and months. And here's what I said to Sister Betty. I said, Sister Betty. And she recognized me. Her eyes opened up. And I said, Sister Betty, what have you seen? Have you seen anything on the other side? You know what she did? A big smile came over her face. It was so bright, it lit up the whole room. I mean, a big smile, Brother Jim. It was absolutely amazing. Everybody noticed it. Her friend was there, Ellen, and Jim was there, and I was there, and she just had this big smile on her face. Sister Betty, what have you seen? I wish she'd have told us, but she didn't. I thought, well, maybe she saw an angel. Perhaps she saw a glimpse of glory. Maybe she saw the Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, what about that city that lied foursquare? I don't know what she saw, but it was very obvious and evident to me that day she saw something on the other side, the intake of the Word of God, devotional time, devotional time. It's very important, beloved, that we take in. Why? That we might be able to give out. Number two, notice with me, not only for our devotional time, but secondly, our relational time. I want to spend a few moments here as we develop this. You want to develop closer relationships? I do too. I'm going to give you five ways with the Lord's help that you and I can develop closer relationships. Notice, and the voice which I heard from heaven speaking to me again and said, go take the little book. I think this is no doubt the scroll, this reference, but also a reference to the Word of God. Take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. The angel's got one foot on the sea, one foot on the earth, and his hands up into heaven, and he's got the little scroll, and John is said to take this little book and to take it in. It's sweet to the taste, but it's bitter to the belly. Well, question, how can we build relationships that last a lifetime? Are you ready to write this down? I think this is very practical, nothing profound about what I'm fixing to share. Here's how we can do it. Relationships, as I mentioned to you, 34% according to statistics, marriages and families are dealing with major problems today. Why? Because of the uh, thing at home and uh, the stress of finances and the pressure of, uh, of uh, schools and sicknesses and deaths and health. My dad just went to be with the Lord a few weeks ago, and, and I certainly... My heart goes out to those who are in the hospital now. Uh, they can't even go visit their loved ones. It's different than it was a year ago. It's, and this can, look, this can affect relationships. This can affect the way we relate to each other, and especially our relationship with God. And you say, well, I'm not there now, but you might be tomorrow. The intake, the output, regardless of where you're at, you're still seeing our world affected by this. Uh, COVID-19 and all the other things that go along with it. So 
Here's number one. The first way we can build stronger relationship is this. You ready for it? Speaking words of affirmation. Speaking words of affirmation. The scripture teaches in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let's say that together. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Say it again. Do you believe that? Speaking words of affirmation. How can I build a better relationship with my daughter? How can I build a better relationship with my son? How can I build a better relationship with my grandchildren? How can I build a better relationship with my spouse? I'm telling you, first, speaking words of affirmation. <laughs> Even if they fall down and we have to work at this thing. Affirmation, affirming. It's kind of like a plant outside and you pour water on it this is not a real plant this is an artificial plant but if it was a real plant and i had water and poured it on in a sunshiny day the plant seems to come alive it seems to blossom and so it is with speaking words of affirmation now listen i'm not talking about flattery here i'm not talking about setting a net for them because you've got some ulterior motive rather i'm saying that when we take in the Word of God, recognizing that the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart, uh, be acceptable in God's sight, Psalm 19:14. Jesus said, what comes from the heart, it comes out of our mouth. It's not what goes in the mouth that defiles it, it's what comes out of the mouth. That's why Paul said in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, which things are true and honest and just and lovely, good report, and if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Think on these things, Philippians 4, 8. Can I time out for a moment? Question. How many of us today, I'm raising my hand, how many of us today could say, Brother Pastor, I could really, really use a little help in speaking words of affirmation. I've become a little negative. Come on, talk to me. I've become a little negative. I've got negative about this and negative about that and, and things that are going on in our world. It's easy to get negative. And the enemy, watch this, the enemy is bombarding us all the time. I don't know about you, but if you're not careful, God can do ten great things in your life, and then one thing happens that you may not have wanted to happen, and you know what you're going to think about? The one thing that didn't happen that you wanted to happen. The one person that said something to you that's really got to you instead of the ten other things. Why? Because we're driven by performance-based acceptance. And this is a trap, beloved, when, when you can't live and I can't live up to everybody's expectation. You do know that, right? Therefore, it's uh, bondage, uh, it's legalism to try to think that you're going to please everybody all the time. You can't do it. Pleasing the Lord is the main thing. But I'll tell you this, by speaking words of affirmation, it's a good start. Try it. Try it. You'll see. Uh, you know, it's easy to be negative again, and, and God knows that we all face this uh, of being negative. Number two, there's a second way to build stronger relationships. How? Not only by speaking words of affirmation, but number two, by, notice, spending time with participation. Spending time with that person. You say, brother, I've got to work at that. I understand. It might not be what you want to do. I remember, I recall, and I've shared this a couple of times, I remember a daddy and a son sitting in the church office up there, and they said, Pastor, we need to talk with you. We need some counseling. And I said, sure, be glad to help you any way I can, using the Scripture. The intake 
and the intake and the output. And here was the thing. Uh, there was a strain between the relationship right now. There might be a strain in your relationship right now today, and God's already shown you where it's at. Words of affirmation are a good start. Not flattery, but think of the things that uh, you can be a blessing to that person. Paul did this to Timothy when he said, I see the unfeigned faith that's in you. It was in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. That's 2 Timothy chapter 1 and other references to this. At any rate, secondly, the participation, spending quality time with participation. Sometimes as a daddy or as a granddaddy, you and I have got to do things that we might not necessarily want to do. Why? Spending time with our children or grandchildren or even with your spouse. You say, well, I don't really like to do that. And you go there and do that. But if you really want to build a stronger relationship, then, then we've got to make that time. How do you spell love? T-I-M-E. How do you spell love? T-I-M-E. Say it with me. T-I-M-E. And no wonder Paul put it this way. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Right into the church of Ephesus. By the way, they were worshiping a false god, Diana, fertility god. And yet he was there three years teaching in the school of Tyrannius. Here's what he said. Chapter 1 and 2, who they were in Christ. Chapter 3, 4, and 5, their walk in Christ. Chapter 6, their warfare. Look at chapter 5. Write this down, verses 15 through 18. Paul said, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, the days are evil. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, where's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. What's he saying? Here's what he's saying. Walk cautiously. Secondly, use your time wisely. Third, Get filled up daily. That's what he's saying. Walk wisely. Use your time. You walk cautiously. See, then you walk circumspectly. That word means wisely. And uh, not only walk wisely, but use your time. You know, redeem the time, the days of evil. And get filled up daily. If we're going to make a difference in relationships, and I believe there's some today that need to get with God today because you hadn't talked with that individual in a long time. You know it's bothering you. It's not what you're eating that's bothering you. It's what's eating you that's bothering you. Hello. And so we need to get with God. We don't need to pretend like it's not there. We don't need to shuck it off. We don't need to just act like we're okay. But if you really want God to work in your life, I'm convinced this is the way. One, speaking words of affirmation. Two, by spending quality time with participation. Three, by showering with gifts of celebration. Showering with gifts of celebration. And I'm not talking about being, uh, you know, uh, you know, ridiculous on this. I'm just talking about every once in a while, you know, a pat in a dog's head makes his tail wag, you know. Hey, and so sometimes it helps to give a gift. Go get a card. And you know what? I'm fixing to tell you something that I, the Lord showed me what we're facing today about relationships, why we're so many of us vexed today. I'm looking at a crowd today, and y'all looking at me today, that many of us are vexed. We're worn down. We're tired. We're weary. Why? Because of stuff we can't fix, stuff we can't control. But I'm, before I share with you a little bit more in detail of that, now let me go to uh, that thing of showering with gifts of celebration. That's number three. Number four, uh, by sharing care and consideration. Care and consideration. 
Yeah, you might not be able to go to the nursing home. I might not be able to go to the nursing home. You might not be able to go to the hospital. You might not be able to go visit people like we once could, but we can still show care and consideration. How? Like Brother Jim said, sending a card. Man, that does wonders. And, and, and situations like that are very difficult, or at least letting somebody know you care about them. Care and consideration. It, it really makes a difference. In fact, I talked with one of our ladies yesterday. She called me, and uh, she said, Brother Randy, I want you to pray with me about my grandson and my granddaughter. I said, I'll be glad to. I said, what's the problem? She said, well, my granddaughter just had surgery, and she just had a baby. She couldn't have a baby. She had several um, miscarriages and so forth, but, but finally she had this baby. Baby's only three weeks old. She said, but the mama's in the hospital right now. In fact, we were talking last week. This lady and I were on the phone and praying for that granddaughter, not knowing she was having surgery right then and there. She called me later. I was down here on Thursday night uh, until 8. And anyway, she uh, was taping uh, for the YouTube, and she called about 10 o'clock and said, Brother Randy, you didn't know this. I didn't know this, but my granddaughter's having surgery right when me and you were praying for her. I said, praise the Lord. Well, anyway, she called yesterday and said, you know, she's still in the hospital, and get this. She said, my grandson is raising that little three-week-old baby. Imagine a man raising a three-week-old baby, be mama and the daddy. Uh, how many know that that can be done? And here's what this dear lady, I'll just go into you tell you what it was, who it was. It's Sister Ann Dodson. She said, I told, I call this such a blessing to me. And I don't think she'll mind me sharing it. She said, I told my grandson, she said, I told him, take that little baby and bring that little baby up to your heart so that little baby can hear your heart beating. Have you ever heard that? I've never heard that. Have you ever heard that? Anybody ever heard that? She said, that baby will sense. That baby was in that mama's womb for nine months. And she said, that baby, watch. And sure enough, when he did, the baby calmed down. Wow. I said, praise God. You see, here's a lady that cannot get out of her house or does not get out of her house too much because of what we're facing in her 80s. But she's a blessing. She's a blessing. She's not going to let it keep her from being a blessing to somebody else, sharing with care and consideration. Number five, and I'm almost done, and it's this, by... showing touch of sensation. One, speaking words of affirmation. Two, by spending quality time with participation. Three, by showering with gifts of celebration. Four, by showing care and consideration. Five, by the physical touch of sensation. Can y'all agree with me here? See if you agree with me here or not. Do you agree with me here? One of the big issues today is the fact we can't, like, and I'm talking about a good healthy hug from a Christian brother or sister. Isn't that, isn't that where we're at today? And even many of your family, many of the families can't get together and express love, physical touch, because we've got to do our social distancing. I'm telling you, I'm convinced, as I thought about that, that is what's causing a lot of, lot of us to feel unloved and to feel like there's something missing. And here's, listen, I talked with a lady last week. Here's what she said. She said, Brother Randy, I, and she was telling me this. She said, uh, she said, I feel so lonely. I'm looking at Sister Patsy right here. She's fixing to be flying out to New Mexico. She said, I feel so lonely. 
And there's probably some of us that are sitting here today feel lonely. Here's what this lady said. She said, but Brother Randy, when I told the Lord I felt lonely, she said all of a sudden it was like the embrace of heaven, this warm embrace from heaven. And it was like God was saying, I still love you. I'm still there for you. <laughs> Don't you like that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet right now? Relationships, relationships, relationships. The intake of God's word, the output of not only our devotional time, but our relational time. How many today need a little help in your relationships? And God has given you some, hopefully some information and hopefully application as to how to build a stronger relationship. It might be up to you. Don't wait for the other person to come to you. Rather, you pray about this right now. And let's ask God to help us to take in the Word of God and then live out by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, with our relationships with each other, Christian brothers, Christian sisters, and then with our dear family. Father, again, Lord, we love you and bless you now that, oh God, that you're with us no matter what. I pray for your good grace and your great love that's uh, unexplainable and just... We just want to bless you for it. So many today that are here, I pray especially for Brother Jim. Lord, no doubt he's uh, uh, God got a vacancy in his life. I pray you'll fill it right now. You'll help us as a church to, to speak blessings and love each other as we go through these challenging days. And I pray for every family. And Lord, our children and grandchildren, oh God, and a lot of decisions are going on these days in our families, and we just need your, uh, we need your presence. We need your peace. We need your power. Peace to accept things we can't change that are going on in our world. And I pray now the God of all peace and the God of all patience would fill us with joy and peace and believing it might abound through the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're up to. And we pray now for changed lives. Maybe those that are listening uh, don't have a relationship with you. God, let them know that this is the only thing that's going to really bring peace in their heart, the peace, that state of rest, in spite of the hard times and the challenges that, Lord, are, everybody's facing. Thank you again for who you are and who we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. <laughs>